Hey there, it's Freddie Cruz, and this is the second of two conversations I recorded at Archway Gallery this week. Hence the difference in sound quality. A little reverby, but I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with Harold Joyner. Now, if you know me, then you ought to know by now that talking with creators of all stripes about their processes is something I love to geek out on, so it was especially fun to catch up with Harold and learn about what gets his creative juices flowing. During this episode, we're going to talk about his use of colors, his creative process, and of course, the storytelling aspect of painting and much, much more. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing with your family and friends and or leave a short review on your podcast platform of choice. Thanks. Hi, right, I'm Ed Sheeran. This is Bruno Mars. Hey, it's Katy Perry. This is your man Flo Rida with Freddie Cruz. This is AJ Mitchell with Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Yeah, let's go pick Mr. 305 and you already know what it is. My name is Freddie and it's time to cruise through HTX. What do people get wrong about the art scene in Houston? Mm, Well, I don't know that I want to say what they get wrong, but uh, one of the things that we observe here in Archway is we have a situation frequently where people come into the art gallery for the first time and they, they are surprised to find that there's no admission charge. And I think that implies that there is some confusion in their mind between about the difference between an art gallery and an art museum. Mm-hmm. And frequently, a lot of museums, the Museum of Fine Arts, for example, here in Houston, you know, there's an admission fee. Yep. Uh, but we're an art gallery. We're a, a commercial gallery. We, we pay for our premises uh, based on the commissions uh, from the work that we sell. So that's one very surprising thing. And also, I will say that at Archway, one of the... One of the other uh, preconceptions that people seem to have is that there's um, something a little bit intimidating about going into an art gallery, and they are surprised when they come here and find that we're very friendly and very approachable, and, you know, there's no pretensions, so come on in, you know, can we offer you a cup of coffee, you know, that kind of approach, Um, And I think a lot of galleries are maybe a little bit intimidating to some people. I blame TV. (laughs) You know, you got the the snooty 30-something with the beret. He's from France, and he's wearing the black turtleneck. Yes. And he's like, oh, you... You don't yeah. know what my art. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Well, we we uh, we joke amongst ourselves about um, when we're taking pictures of each other with our art. You know, oh, just a minute, let me put on my beret and get my, <laughs> and get my palette in front of me. Yeah, I, I love I love this headline, and that is for forty seven years, thirty right brains have elevated local art in Houston. And for forty seven years, that's a huge deal. And it's not just the longest running gallery in Houston, but in the state of Texas. It's the longest running artist owned uh, gallery. Owned. There may be uh, art galleries of the more traditional mm. uh, vintage. Gotcha. Uh, that are longer running, but uh, certainly among uh, artist owned galleries. Archway is the oldest. We we began in 1976 at the Jung Center on 
uh, Montrose Boulevard, and that is where our name comes from. The, if, as you enter uh, the Young Center, you walk through a series of arches to, to enter that uh, facility, and that's where we took the name from. Originally, the gallery, it was just uh, like half a dozen artists uh, in the, what I think is now the bookstore uh, at the Young Center. Okay. And we have grown now, you know, there are 34 of us. Uh, so we've grown a lot. We've been in a number of different locations around the city uh, during that 47 years. But uh, we've been here in this Dunleavy voca- uh, location for oh, probably about 15 years. It's a great location because we're in the heart of Montrose. And Montrose is perhaps uh, the most walkable kind of part of town and there and we do have a lot of foot traffic uh, we have people who just are walking by and decide to uh, drop in for that reason i will say that on days when the weather is really nice outside mm-hmm. uh, we like to prop the door open uh, and there's just something very inviting about that uh, for people to just you know come on in <laughs> You ever have somebody come in and they make an impulse purchase of one of these pieces? I mean, you've got a you've got a great array of art, uh, not just art on canvas, but also photographs and sculptures, and multiple price points too. I mean, it's not all super expensive. You've got lesser expensive things. I mean, do you have somebody come in or like, I love this, and it wasn't at West Elm. I couldn't find anything like this in a store, and I got to have it. It does happen, uh, usually, uh, and to your point um, about the different uh, price levels, frequently the spontaneous um, purchases like that from somebody that just wandered in are the smaller priced items. Uh, A a large painting, for example, a large sofa size uh, painting, is generally something that uh, somebody needs to think about, uh, but that you know has also happened. Also, we have uh, we host a lot of events uh, here at the gallery, and it does happen at those events: uh, a mixer, a corporate mixer, or a wedding, or um, just a, a cocktail party that someone uh, has here in the gallery. Uh, that somebody sees something that they really like and they come back then a day or two later and purchase that piece. So it works both ways. So building on the fact that this is owned by artists, you, yourself, an artist, I saw some of your paintings. Let's talk about your work. What I can say about my work is it's evolved over the years, as probably uh, every artist can say. Um, I began as an abstract painter, uh, uh, what is typically called abstract, but it's really non-objective. That is just starting with a blank canvas and painting from impulse only mm-hmm. and producing work that is non-objective. It's not trying to capture any particular thing. And then I became enamored of uh, landscape painting, and I decided that if I were going to do that, I needed to be able to do it really well. So I uh, went back and took some training under some accomplished uh, landscape painters, and I did that. I I painted uh, realistic landscapes for a number of years. And uh, within the the last few years, 
beginning with my exhibition in November of 2021, I, I changed back to a, a kind of expression that is sort of halfway in between. It's taking the landscape and abstracting it, uh, reducing it, making it, making it simpler and concentrating on shapes and colors more than an accurate, uh, detailed uh, capture of the landscape. What are your favorite colors to paint with? Oh, uh, name a color and it's my favorite. <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I guess I would have to say that, uh, you know, I'm very partial to blues, um, but in painting, landscape paintings, I, I tend to gravitate to things that are associated with the earth. So uh, blues could be water, uh, rust colors and oranges and tans and colors like that are associated, you know, with the earth and sometimes greens also, you know, if it's a verdant landscape. When you're, when you're painting a piece and let's say you got to take a break from it for whatever reason. Maybe it's a creative rep. Maybe you have to go run an errand or whatever. You come back and you're like, all right, that's different from what I expected. Um, for good, for bad, for worse, whatever. Um, what do you do? How do you do to get back into the, into the groove of what it was you were trying to accomplish? Well, I paint in oil, but I paint with a quick dry medium and I paint in layers. So okay. I paint on a piece uh, one day and then I put it aside and by the time I'm back into the studio the next day that layer is dry uh, ex- with the exception of a few pigments that are just uh, slow drying and so I can work on it the next day and when I go back into the studio I take a look at it and I I do just what you said, you know, I kind of assess it and uh, (laughs) the assessment is sometimes negative. Uh, It may be encouraging. Uh, It may be any any number of things, but I evaluate. Uh, I I guess uh, what I'm saying is I spend as much time sitting and looking at it and trying to determine what to do next as I do actually executing uh, that uh, change. When it's <clears throat> when when your when your feelings are negative about what you're looking at, what you did th- the day before, how do you dig yourself out of that? Um, meditation, um, continuing to look at the piece, um, kind of searching my mind for um, for what's the piece of the puzzle that's missing or which pieces are in the wrong place or so there's a there's a good deal of analysis work that goes into that and if if at the end I can't figure out exactly what it is then I may put that work aside and come back to it later and if I do that if I put it aside for a few days um, something will uh, materialize I'll get some idea sometimes I take a piece and put it aside for a long period of time. How long? Oh, maybe weeks. Okay, so never longer than a year. Oh, no, no, not that long. But, but if it's something I'm going to continue working on, it may be sitting aside for weeks or maybe even a couple of months, let's say. 
but and it'll be sitting there on that easel on the side. There's a, another easel that I uh, display works on the side. It's not my working easel. And it'll be sitting there. And someday I'll walk by it and look at it, and it just is, mm. it just clicks for me. It's like, oh, yes, that's it. <laughs> It didn't, do you ever feel when you walk by something that you're, that is a, a sort of work in progress, for lack of a better phrase? Do you ever look at it and it's like, oh, you're looking at me again. You're teasing me. You're goading me. You want me to stop. You want me to do this. You want me to throw you away. I'm not going to. I'm not giving up on you. Yes, I have a, uh, I have a conversation, uh, <laughs> as you suggest, uh, with the paintings uh, when I'm working on them. And uh, sometimes they speak to me and Sometimes they're silent and I have to coax it out of them. Um, but yeah, I do. Painters and writers are really not very different from each other. I think that's probably true. Um, the best writing that, uh, that I enjoy uh, is writing that paints a very vivid uh, image in my mind. I particularly like uh, authors who are very skillful with the words they use uh, because, uh, it, as I said, it just really paints an image in my mind. So, yeah, I think that's a, a good analogy. It's, um, it's storytelling, and it's interesting seeing all the different work here at Archway, how you've got uh, your, your featured artist, Jim Hill, and there's stories behind, there's the, the City Park one, that's a story, and then you hear him talk about the, um, oh, was it the trip to Mexico, I think it was, with the gentleman with the guitar, and I'm sure there's a story behind every single thing that, and that's what makes it so special about each piece, is that there is something that has inspired that I've said in my uh, comments on uh, the gallery's Facebook posts uh, about uh, Jim's work is that I've always uh, put in the uh, comment, Jim is a, a storyteller. So yeah, there is a story here. And you will see that in a lot of the wor uh, works uh, of the artists in the gallery. And it's interesting because it's also true for pieces that don't have humans or even animals in them. It could be something like the Danube, which you're sitting in front of. It's another one of Jim's pieces. Or it could be um, a story of the sculpture. I think uh, you have a, an artist here that uses was unclaimed, reclaimed metal waste, and he made this cute little robot-slash-animal-looking thing. It's, I think it's untitled, right? <laughs> It's untitled, but that's rare. Uh, that's our own Jim Adams that you're speaking about. There you go. Yes. Uh -huh. He says reclaimed metal, mm -hmm. uh, and his work is all made from that. And so he transforms that into something that is artful and frequently humorous to look at. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's cute. It's like a rusty little robot, but it looks almost like a like foul, like a like a I don't know some kind of weird chicken. I don't know. Um, it had the, I think it's skinny Look, legs or because something. Because of the skinny little the, legs on yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and the feet on the legs, yes. Oh, I forget the, the Disney robot movie. <sighs> this might have been before I, had, before I had kids. I don't know. The, yeah, I'm not even trying. It's not iRobot. That's a human movie. Um, but yeah, no, um, to your point, I think, it's, I think it's great that you all, there, there's something behind every single piece that is here. That's true, and to your point about the 
the seemingly non-objective works. Frequently, someone painting a non-objective painting will be working in front of the canvas and working on it, and it's it's during the process of creating that painting that something you know pops into his or her mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, in my own experience of non-objective painting, I can say that I'm working on it, and something presents itself to me. And frequently, when that happens, I can connect that with something that just happened to me yesterday or a few days ago or last week, mm-hmm. and I'm still carrying that uh, in my mind. And that's the story behind how it got finished, why it got finished, why it looks like that, what colors you used. And that becomes, yes, that becomes the story for that painting. Yeah. yeah. And frequently uh, in the artist uh, talks that are given at the opening reception, frequently the artist uh, gives a little bit of that and explains a little bit about the methodology and the process and, you know, what went on, you know, with him or her, you know, when creating that work. Y'all, come and check out this place. It is Archway Gallery in the Montrose area, archwaygallery.com. It is the longest artist-owned gallery, not just in the Houston area, but in the Lone Star State. Come on by and see them. Harold, thank you so much for letting me crash the, the gallery and set up the mics and speak with you. Thank you, Freddie. Hey, it's me. I'm back with a quick little nudge. If you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did putting it together for you, then please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to the newsletter at cruisethroughhtx.com and share with your family and friends. Thank you.